Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. If you want to listen to this episode or any of our episodes ad-free, you can do that now. Head on over to Patreon. Click on the ad-free level. You get all of our bonus shows that you've been hearing so much about. Plus, every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you can listen to this episode or any of our other episodes at the same time, ad-free, over on Patreon. Before we get into today's show, we have to take a moment to celebrate and reflect because this week is not like every other week. After months of waiting, R-H-O-N-J is back in our lives. And if you can't get enough R-H-O-N-J, we have something else to celebrate. We have a brand new podcast in the game. That's right. The one, the only, Miss Melissa Gorga. Melissa Gorga has a brand new podcast aptly titled On Display. It's so refreshing to hear her sit down with her celebrity friends and have real in-depth conversations with them. Melissa's had on so many of the guests you guys love listening to here. Brad Goreski, Lala Kent, Snooki. You also get a rare in-depth look behind the scenes at her life as she talks about being the cool mom, entrepreneurship, shout out Envy, treating yourself, fashion, and of course, any and all of the Bravo drama. So grab yourself a glass of wine and a sprinkle cookie and listen to Melissa Gorga's On Display anywhere you listen to your podcast. And now, on with today's show. Welcome back to the third part of our sit-down chat with Miss Carol Roswell. And I am sure by now, Carol has texted, called, or DM'd to say, did we really need to make this three parts? People always ask me that. And I'm always like, yes, trust me, 
this audience, if this was 13 parts, they would listen to 13 parts. No, the, the, the talent never believes me when I say that, but I mean, it kind of is true. So if you haven't listened to our first and second part with Carol, go back and listen to it. We talk about how she got cast on Housewives. Did she know what she was getting into? The beginning of her experience. I mean, I told Carol I can call her a bitch or anything else, but like, God help us if we ever call her somebody that had a ghostwriter. We talk about that. We talk about Aviva, Bethany, Luann, maybe not her favorite people. We talk about Heather, Adam. See, there are happy times. We talk about the end of Housewives. I mean, I feel there's a lot of things that have been said about Carol's end that she was let go because Bethany went in and asked production, you know, get rid of her. It's her or me. Lots of other rumors that, you know, she's told Andy he was full of shit at the reunion. That's why she's not there anymore. I asked. We got answers. We finally have answers, people. Maybe those are both true. I'll just go back and listen to parts one and two. We talk about lots of other things that were floating around out there about Carol that I need the clarity on, which means you guys need the clarity on. And now our third part and we also get into current day. I mean, what was Carol ahead of her time? She talked about politics. To me, remember when Bethany was crawling around in that cabinet? Isn't that the same thing as Ramona kind of scurrying around to get out of the room when Ebony was talking? Yet when it happened with Bethany and Carol, we didn't have a major revolt. Now we have a major revolt. All of you are over Roni. You don't ever want to watch again and you want the whole thing to be revamped. So we talk about all of that. What do we predict what do we recommend? How do we fix this show that all of you guys say is broken? And we just talk about the future of Housewives and so much more. So I would have kept Carol for about, you know, five hours. But at the end of three hours, I think she was about to fall asleep at her keyboard. And my eyes were kind of glossing over too. Hope you guys enjoy. Here it is. Part three, the conclusion. Another hour with the one and only Miss Carol Raswell. Well, speaking of the work, because you say Ebony would be great on another show, like Ebony is hired to co-host The View. I don't know for how long, like he's a guest. Oh, really? Oh, that's fantastic. I don't know if it's like two or I don't know how it's working, but is this true? Because I read this somewhere. I don't know if you said it where you after Housewives wanted to be on The View and then they didn't want you because of Housewives. I don't know if that's you or somebody else. No. First of all, they, no, I'll tell you, see, this is what I mean about like, this is one thing about being on reality TV and having these millions of eyeballs that people actually think they really know you. And they, and, and, and that's like, I don't, this is why I don't want a gossip, a gossip podcast. I'm, no, like, I'm going to ask the source directly. She's sitting right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I will tell you the real story is boring. What you just said is kind of like, Ooh, there's a drama. She wants this and she can't get it. Maybe she's too liberal. She's too, you know, and they're looking for a conservative voice. No. I worked at ABC for nearly 15 years, 15 years. So I have a lot of friends, colleagues at ABC. One of them happened to be um, the executive in charge of The View, right? She was in charge of The View. She was a talent. She was in charge of hiring all the talent, not only for The View, but for across ABC platform. Um, And we had... I had left the show. And the one thing about being on the show for six years is you lose contact with your real friends because you're, you're in a universe of, you know, it ta- even though you only film for four or five months, it's a full-time job pretty much the, ho- the whole year because you're just always in this cycle of like, 
watching the show and who's saying that and who's saying this and why did she say and then doing press and you're just in it. So you kind of lose touch with a lot of your other friends, or at least I did for some period of time. So I had lunch with my friend and it got into page six, I think, that I was seen having lunch with this woman who was, by the way, was a bridesmaid at my wedding. We're very close. Right. And we were just, we wouldn't talk about The View. I would never do The View. In fact, not to say anything about The View, and, and, uh, and, uh, uh, and I was on The View a couple of times. The last thing I wanted to do when I left The Housewives is to go on another show where there was four or five women all screaming at each other. Like it was, and, and, and I, I would never have, they didn't ask me to do it. There was never, I never asked, I never wanted it. Um, but someone saw me having lunch. Uh, and that's the story. I don't know where it came from. I think they called ABC for a confirmation and they denied it. But I think it's like, oh yeah, wink, wink, they're denying it. It absolutely was not true. This was my lifelong friend, my bridesmaid at my wedding. Uh, and we were just having lunch. And she also happened to be uh, casting for all the shows, The View, uh, Good Morning America, Nightline, all the shows. That's her job. So See that's- how things get, I mean, this is just one of those things. I'm like, here she is. Ebony's off to the view. I just, that's one of those things I, I read. I'm like, I think that's, I think that's great. I think that's great. I think it's a real, she, she was, she's very dynamic, very thoughtful, obviously very well-educated and also living, you know, like in that, in that world of like, where she has so much experience to talk about and the black experience, not only of women, but just the black uh, community in general, like she would, she, they need her on that show. That's a perfect, it's a perfect show for her. Maybe she'd rather do the housewives. I don't know. Like the housewives is a more powerful brand and you reach more people, but the other, other side of it is like, she really, I'm sure has to diminish herself a little bit. And it's a what real... I know about her, like, which is not much other than what I read and what I saw in those episodes. And like the view is a job that could go on forever. Technically. I mean, yeah. Years and yeah. years. Yeah. And that, and yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I never, I don't know her and, and, uh, you know, I wish, I wish her, you know, good luck and whatever she wants to do. But I think that makes sense to me, like uh, watching her on housewives, like debating with Luann was like excruciating. <laughs> so I like, kind of, you don't know, like there's just no getting through or like talking to Ramona about race, critical race theory. I mean, Ramona does not want to go there, which is funny. That's what makes like Ramona. I mean, do you think also Ramona again, she knows the show. She's been out of 13 years. She knows the audience and she probably, she knows that the audience isn't gonna, I think if she thought the audience was going to be really into this debate and she, 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 I think she probably, again, I, I don't know. And I haven't talked to her about it, nor will I, but I think she probably on some level thought, Oh my fucking God, like this is not going to play well. Not only she's going to look bad, but just, you know, as a show, the audience is not going to be interested in this. Like, what are we talking about? Let's talk about, you know, uh, what, you know, you know, how her hairstyles or, or dinner invitations or like how like, you know, her parquet floors in her apartment look cheap. I don't disagree with you. I think you're basically saying Ramona is like one of the, she's like a smart executive producer. She knows what she's Oh doing. my God. She'll love these. <laughs> but it's, but right. I mean, like. It's true, but Bravo would, you know, they just try to, it, they do this with every talent probably across the board scripted everything. They just try to keep the talent like 
down, you know, like we're, we're in charge. Like they executives never let you forget that they're in charge. And it's like, uh, okay, dude. It's like, she knows she, she actually is more in tune to what the audience is going to want to watch than you are. I think so. Do you think, cause you mentioned like, you know, the, I've mentioned too much. Well, no, because you mentioned like the misogyny and all these things and like this infighting amongst, do you think like, do you think that is the clear narrative or do you think there's any part of housewives that's like, we're empowering women, you know, like you said, it is like, I'm just at, look, listen, I'm not like, it's like, you know, 400, 500, 800, you know, thousand dollars. Eventually, like you were in a bad marriage, like here's your salary. Like, I'm just, oh, I'm not, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm empowering not this, empowering the specific women, right? Like, yeah, I, I don't like that. empowering is so overused now. It's just it's hard to even understand what it means anymore. Cause it's just like, it's like authentic, authenticity, you know, I don't know. It's just, just been, it's been used so much. No one even understands the, the meaning. Um, do, do well, yes, it provided, it, it provided jobs for the women who were on it. Right. I mean, you could say what you want, but like a lot of people, you know, people watch it for and uh, pay to watch it, right. Pay cable charge to watch it. And we, sure I was on it, but I was getting paid to be on it. You were watching it for free. You know what I mean? Like, right. so, so in that way, sure. Um, but like zooming out, like, it, or is this going to like, look like this was a, th- this franchise showed women at their best and like, you know, as entrepreneurs, as women defending women and, and all that. No, I mean, they didn't, they come up with hashtag team, team, this team, that team, you know, no, I, I don't, I don't think that that was their intent from the beginning. I don't, I don't think that that they, you know, that's their goal is to be thought of as this, this franchise that really in the end of the day empowered a lot of women to, to, to do, to do what, to, to scream at their friends and throw wine in their face. I don't know, to, to, to undermine their friend's business, to, to betray their friends in a way that is just like, you know, for shock value. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't think women are, I, and nor should they, it's, it's entertainment. It's just like, they can laugh at it and think we're all a bunch of idiots and, and that's okay. That's okay. That's what we were all there for. We all signed up for that. And, and that's what we got. And um, no, I, I don't think there's a loftier narrative to be had, like in retrospect, you know, like when it's being written about in, in 10 years from now. But I hate, you know, I could be wrong. I've been wrong about other things. Just asking, because I mean, as I was saying that your face was not buying what I was saying, oh, I just, I, I was just wondering. Come on. I mean, in the direction it's going now, it's just like getting, it just feels like it's getting worse and worse and worse and darker and darker. And, you know, bring out, it just needs to get back to pettiness. There's nothing better than a super petty housewife. They're so funny. And it's what the bread and butter of what the audience I think likes, like there's so many examples. I can't, my, I can't even think of a single one because you know, I think of the early seasons when every fight just felt so petty that it was hilarious. And I loved it. And like, oh my God. She it was so- funny. It was funny. Yeah. Do you think there's any world that like, cause now Vanderpump Rules came back. I'm sure you don't watch Vanderpump Rules, but it was off for a long time. And now it's back and the ratings are like half. So it's not even just housewives now. Like, yeah. do you think there's any world that like New York won't come back? I mean, the longer it's off, they're trying to figure it out. They're trying to look um, for a cast. Um, okay. Well, I, I like to choose experience over hope every time. So my experience is that in season five, they, 
they brought in three new people and they, they blew up the show and they brought in three new people and the ratings really uh, took a dive, like not in the levels that they're at now, but like part of that is across the board in television, the ratings have gone you know, lower because of streaming and YouTube and every way, every other which way people get their entertainment. Um, but we did take a, a hit uh, in the ratings. Um, so they didn't, we had our reunion and everything, but they pulled the show for like a year. Um, we didn't film right away. You know, usually you, the reunion happens, you film the reunion and then they start, you know, signing contracts again and you film like in, a month later. Yes. They didn't. They waited a year because they were trying to figure out, oh, my God, what do we do? The ratings are not good. And should we cast new people? Should we do it this way? Should we do? And ultimately what and this was Bravo in conjunction with the production company. Ultimately, what did they do after a year and a half, a year plus, I think, off the air? They came back with the exact same cast. Yes. <laughs> so I don't know if you're going to look at experience over hope, like hope that they might do something completely different. I'm going to say that all I know is we were off the air for a year plus and they came back with the exact same cast. And we worked hard in that next season to really to really make it. And that's probably why you saw Viva Drescher going to the mat with me. And, you know, we worked hard to, to try to, to get the ratings up and create a, a drama and make it fun and funny and petty. And, you know, and at that point we had known each other then two years. Right. So we, everyone kind of got it, you know, totally. And that's a good point. I didn't think of that, that you guys were off. No Speak- one thinks of that. That's a good point. And it came back. And speaking of Aviva, because this isn't, we're clearing the air and I have this thing that you applied for the view and then you didn't get it. And, you know, what, what other things are out there that well, are total nonsense? Well, I'm going to ask you, here's the other oh. thing. What is out there is that, again, what we talked about, Bethany went into producers and I want her gone and blah, blah. And we'll never know if that really happened. And then there was like, oh, well, that in a way is karma. I'm not saying this, but there was this content thing that there was karma because you yeah. are such good for friends with Andy, which you've already said is was that you went in and said, Aviva's going to be fired or I'm going to be fired. That is, <laughs> that is out there because who okay. throws a leg at Le Cirque and then gets fired. But you said it's her or me. No. Period. You know what? I wish I had that power. No, that never happened. Not only did it not happen, I never even would think of that to say, I would never think of calling Andy or calling Ryan Flynn, who was the executive in charge at the time or anyone production, the production house in Burbank and say, it's her or me. And a, a million years, I would never, never have thought of it. I would never have picked up the phone to actually do it. I was just as surprised as everyone else that she was not asked back after throwing her leg in Le Cirque. I was just like, OMG. But, you know, again, I also from behind the scenes, I knew that she had had a contract that year that wasn't, that was just like a, a short contract and she had to produce some drama by a certain day. And if they felt like she wasn't pulling her weight, that they were going to exercise. They had, a, they had this weird clause in her contract that year that it wasn't like a full contract. It was like a partial contract. I might be not explaining it exactly right, but, and, and that she, they were able to write her off the show after like, I think two months of filming, like half the season. And and if she didn't produce drama or wasn't, because I think the thought was she was doing a lot of things that seemed like really fake. 
other than, I mean, I hate because <laughs> she had the fake leg or whatever, but no, but I think that there was, the audience wasn't loving her. Right. And I don't, you know, and it just didn't really make sense to me because she's, you know, tall and beautiful with a handsome husband and the kids and one leg and like, what, how could you, she seemed to me to, and delusional, like, you know, just like, uh, she seemed to be the perfect housewife, but the audience for some reason wasn't, wasn't jiving with her. And then, and then she, she had this, she could explain it better. And maybe I'm not thinking it, thinking about it perfectly clear, but a contract where they were able to exercise some option that they could write her off the show. if She didn't produce some, some drama. Um, and we all know now that she did produce that drama. And then, and then she threw the leg at the end, I think with the hopes that that would get her on the show, but she, you know, she never went on the, the, the trip. And I think that's what it is. The wait is over. That's right. Season five of the Kardashians is here. Just when you thought life couldn't get any faster, they're punching it into overdrive. Chris, Courtney, Kim, Chloe, Kendall, and Kylie are back and continue to defy expectations in all their endeavors. So get ready to go behind the glitz and glamour of the most iconic family on television. The all-new season of The Kardashians premieres May 23rd, streaming on Hulu. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Do you guys do what I do every January? First, you think about the year prior of all the things you didn't accomplish that you wanted to. Then you make a bunch of New Year's resolutions. And as soon as you break them, you feel bad about yourself. Are you in your own mind the way I was? Well, get out of your mind. Let me tell you, therapy can help you learn to be kinder and gentler to yourself and help you move forward. I have to tell you guys about Talkspace. Talkspace has been a miracle for me. First of all, they match you with a licensed therapist that you can connect with, not only from your computer, but from your phone, anywhere on the go. I also love that Talkspace focuses on your schedule. They fit your schedule, not the other way around. With live chat, video, and audio sessions, you could easily fit mental health into your daily routine. I also love that your information is extremely private and it's just between you and your therapist. Listen, Talkspace can help you with anything, anxiety, depression, self-doubt. Make your mental health more than just another New Year's resolution with Talkspace. Visit Talkspace.com and get $100 off your first month when you use promo code VELVET at sign up. That's $100 off at Talkspace.com, promo code VELVET. And, and not only did she not go on, but like it became clear that she was never gonna, for some reason, I never quite understood this, ever gonna go on a trip with us if, if her husband wasn't coming with us. So I it just didn't, I didn't understand that piece of it. And I don't I never even talked to her about it. Like why, why does he, why does he have to, why does Reed have to come? I, don't, I just don't understand that at all. Um, but you know, she had phobias and, and neurotic things going on in her life that were probably real. And she, that was just, and I, and I, so I kind of knew that Bravo would probably like had, you know, drawn a line in the sand. So, but still she did throw her leg and that was all planned. You know what I mean? The producers knew. So yeah, I'm I just like, 
you made a deal, like I'll throw my leg if you extend me, if you extend another contract. So, but I had nothing to do with it as much as I'd like to think that I had that kind of power. I had no power clearly on that show ever. That's just another thing that's out there. Oh my God. This is so fun. What else is out there? Well, those are the main ones that you got her fired and then Bethany turned around and did the same thing to you however many years later. So that is what is... See, this is why I'm asking you because here you are. Let's clarify this. Well, it's funny. I mean, there's so much garbage on social media and stuff. Half, not like for instance on 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 my Facebook, which I've never been on my Facebook. There's everyone. Someone's posting on my Facebook. I can't get them to unpost it. It's not me. They're posting about the Gabby Petito disappearance story, like. Every day they post about this and it looks like I'm posting. People are commenting and some people are saying, stay out of it. Why are you getting involved in this? You just to be relevant. I'm like, it's not me. I've never been on Facebook and I tried to delete the Facebook and I can't delete it. It's like connected to another old account that I had from 2009 Honestly, I don't, so oh it's just like when you think you're, you think you know someone, or like, oh yeah, she's posting about this and this. It's like it's not me, and it, right. I don't even care anymore. It's like I don't even care. Let them think that that I'm posting this. I, I don't. I, I just can't get involved in it. But you know, there's just so much nonsense out there. Interesting. But listen, I do, I do create my own little arguments on social media, and I, I've definitely not one to sit back and be quiet about things that I feel like. Uh, I will have something to say about. And I've done that. And I, I stand by everything that I've said. And, and, you know, when I'm called on it, it says sometimes I am, I, you know, I usually double down. Like I'm not someone to say, oh, I'm You're sorry. You're not someone to back down. I'm not someone to back down. And I'm not someone to say, I'm sorry if I offended you. Like, I'm just going to defend my position. If I say something, it's because I really thought about it. And I mean, it maybe it didn't come out exactly right. You know, like, you know, things, you know, on Twitter, you can only talk in 160 characters. So it doesn't come, but, but this essence of what I'm talking about is really what I think and what I mean. And, and I, I, I don't easily back down, you know, I have my opinion and, and that's it. And people can disagree and that's fine, but I've gotten myself into a little hot water from time to time. That's okay. At least you're authentic. I think that's why people love Kathy Hilton because this really is her. She's not trying to act rich or she's just, this is she's happy loaded. <laughs> she's loaded. Yes. She's fabulous. I just watch, I never, ever watch reality TV. I mean, I can't even tell you, I just don't watch it. And I, the other night I was looking through Netflix maybe, and there's a show called Paris Loves Cooking. It's amazing. Okay. It's hilarious. Cooking with Paris. Oh, it's the best. Paris, as whatever, as it's soon as it came out, I had Gail Simmons from Top Chef and I'm like, do you watch Cooking with Paris? And she's like, I haven't. I'm like, you need to watch it immediately. It's so funny. It's amazing. She's clearly playing a role like Paris's, right? Of, of a role or something, which she is, she is pitch perfect in whatever she does that like she knows how to play Paris Hilton. And then her mom was on it and her sister in this one episode. And it was so funny. I mean, it, it reminds me like that's what the housewives needs to be like, just crazy over the top women, like with five inch nails making, you know, macaroni and cheese. It needs to be. Well, I think after the season of New York, I don't think they're going to go down that serious. I think if Ebony comes back, they'll just say like, we can't talk about this. We just can't. I mean, were you shocked there was no reunion? I mean, that's kind of 
Um, yeah, I read that they canceled it. No, I mean, listen, I, I understand it from a business point of view. I mean, what they're going to rehash these issues that literally the audience was screaming at them. We don't care. We don't care. We don't want, you know, critical race theory in our housewife show. Like, it was just going to be a disaster because I think and in the reunion, it's hard to like people just start yelling at each other. You've seen it. I've been there like there's a lot of screaming back and forth and things get said. And and so what were they going to like double down on what they've already what, something that's already been a disaster for them, really? I mean, that I made was, sense to me, too. I wasn't surprised that they that they canceled it. But in, in, on one hand, on the other hand, it's like that's that's saying something. I mean, that was the first time in 13 years that a reunion has been canceled. For, it, yeah, ever. Yeah. But, but, you know, well, they, they, they made the right decision there, I think. I think so. I mean, it made sense to me too. But it is weird from a point of view from the women. Like, I, I guess I'm sure they were all happy not to have to rehash. I said to Ebony, I'm like, you're the only housewife really that's never had a reunion ever. Oh yeah. Well, maybe she comes back, then she'll have she'll have one. She'll but have one. but there's an opportunity to get things off your chest there. That like, but I'm sure they're they're happy, you know. Because by the time the reunion gets filmed, you're like you've been through it, you filmed it, you've watched it, you've settled it. Like, and then at the reunion, you got to bring it all back up. <laughs> it's really hard. Yeah, it's really hard. hard. Yeah. Do you agree being a single girl in New York with people mm-hmm. like Jill Zarin who say? You know, the reason this season was off is because there's no men, there's no husbands, there's no kids. Oh, I think, um, I, I don't know that Jill, Jill says that, but I she, think- Well, she that, said it. Okay. Um, I, I think that the, the best shows have a, have a mix of different kinds of women, married, uh, not married, single, divorced. And, and I think kids add to it, although, you know, it's, the kid thing is hard because no, no one wants their kids on, but just the idea of having kids, like I have to go, my children, you know, then that conversation about having kids and what that means, you know, when you're a housewife, that's a big part of a lot of women's lives, right? Dealing with their children, their teenage children. So I think that, that uh, I, I think in that way, sure, like you would want to have, they should have get back to basics, women who are married, recently divorced with children and are rich (laughs) and know each other. Uh, You know what I mean? And are the age where they've had a lot of life experience on one hand. And on the other hand, they're still in that little like bubble because they're, they're very privileged, wealthy women, you know, living in their wealthy privileged bubble. And that, that adds for really fun, you know, oh my God, I can't believe she said that. We are wrapping up, I promise. Three questions, because we've been on a long time and I really appreciate your, I mean, we've talked a long time. I talk a lot. Well, listen, I'm not, I'm not arguing with that because it's like so interesting what you're saying. But what about, well, do you miss your friendship at all with Andy or Bethany? Um, I, I, I can't say this enough or without sounding like I'm shading Andy. I don't miss my friend. Andy and I didn't have a friendship that, that I think was, out there, like the audience and the general press and the think we had, we, so no, I don't, I don't miss that because there was nothing really to miss. In fact, um, you know, I, I, I never spoke to him when we were filming. I, I, you know, I was, and, and when we, when I wasn't on the show, I would never, we didn't have dinner. We didn't hang out. You know, I was invited to his Christmas party, but that's because our mutual friends were all going. I would go, you know, with them and, 
Um, so no. And so no and no. Okay. <laughs> that doesn't, I, what about these claims that like, well, either Bethany, they want Bethany back or Bethany puts out there, like, I will come back as a producer. I don't know if that's the fans, like this concept of oh, Bethany as the producer, which you is out there. Come out as a producer and not the talent. I don't think she would do that. I mean, I don't know. Why would she produce? She gets paid as talent. I think producers don't get paid. Um, I think she acted as a producer, at least what I saw that last season, um, as talent and as a producer. She had access to information about the show that none of the rest of us had access to. So I could see that, like, you know, she would she knew what was what was said in scenes that she wasn't in, and that was we never knew that. So there was clearly some communication that was happening between her and production that wasn't happening with the rest of us in production. Did that make people afraid to say things that, you know, that they would have said normally because there was a feeling that there was, you know, there was someone who was m- more protected or just yeah. like really um, crafting storylines that the producers would be like, okay, we're going to, we're going to do this. We're, we're going to, we're going to go with that, you know, and, you know, like whatever storyline it was, you know, that I wasn't, I dumped her for Tinsley, you know, some, it's like there were 10 scenes where I was even talking to Tinsley. I'm like, did we spend the whole summer together? No. Did, were, are we best friends? No. I, I was at that time still very close to Bethany, even through the beginning of filming and everything, you know, so I didn't know, you know, so there was, there was the feeling that, that it was unequal access to production. And, and um, there's this thing called like this chain, like this story chain or something. It was like a text message and all the producers, it was a group text with all the producers and they would be, all the field producers would be texting what was going on in the scene as it was going on. So all the producers doing all the scenes would know, right? What each other's doing at, in real time and what, yeah. what we're doing and stuff. And some version of that, I think she had access to some version of that. That's kind of a big deal. I only found out about it because I, I borrowed um, one of the producers showrunner, um, one of the showrunners phone for something. And then it came up and I was like, what is this? And it was like a really long group. And, and he grabbed it. He's like, that's the story, story text chain or something. I was like, Oh, what? <laughs> and uh, did you run back and tell everyone else Bethany was on it? No, she wasn't on it. She oh, okay. Wasn't on it, but she, it, it became kind of clear that she may have had access to it, whether or not directly from a producer or just, you know, there were a lot of people on it. So there were PAs on it, a lot of the production all sort of knew. So it could have just been the relationship she had with, with a, you know, a PA or something, but it, I think I remember thinking, oh, okay, there was just no way she would have known that unless she was told by a producer or saw, saw that in a, More people are shopping online than ever, and that means a lot more orders coming in that online sellers like yourselves need to ship out fast. ShipStation makes it super easy to manage and ship all your orders from all your sales channels faster, cheaper, and more efficiently. I can't tell you how freaking disorganized I was before I had ShipStation. No matter where you're selling from, Amazon, Etsy, your own website, what do you think I used to ship out the Behind the Velvet Rope merch? ShipStation funnels all your orders into one simple interface that you can manage from anywhere. Even your cell phone. Ship more in less time. Just use my offer code VELVET to get a 60-day free trial. 
That's two months free of no-hassle, stress-free shipping. Just go to ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and type in VELVET. That's ShipStation.com, offer code VELVET. Make ship happen. On Wondery's podcast, Even the Rich, co-hosts Brooke and Arisha share the stories behind some of the most famous and infamous celebrities in history, from Queen Madonna to Britney Spears to the Kardashians. And in an all-new season, they investigate the shocking kidnapping of heiress Patty Hearst. This show is part history. I've learned a lot about Patty Hearst that I didn't know. Part comedy, part gossip, and completely fascinating. And if you want more Brooke and Arisha in your life, they're the perfect guides to give you your daily dose of celebrity gossip on Rich and Daily. Man, and we have a lot going on. On in the celebrity world. I mean, Britney versus Jamie Lynn uh, is literally, I didn't see this one coming and I cannot get enough. Brooke and Arisha cover it. And really, I love their new season of Rich and Daily where they talk about the Patty Hearst case. Listen to Even the Rich, Patty Hearst, and Rich and Daily on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, or you can listen ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. Interesting. Do you think all three OGs should come back? She would be good as a producer. You you think so? I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think she, I don't know. I mean, I I don't know. I, I, I I know nothing about her life or what she's doing or where her interests lie. I, you know, so I, no, no sense. I doubt she would come back as a producer. You know, she's. Do you think she should come back as talent? <laughs> I'm not that. If she wanted to, I'm sure that they would definitely entertain that, you know. Um, but, but you know, I, I don't know. Then we, I, I really think that they should find a whole new friend group, like a real group of wealthy women. They exist in New York, you know, you know that are a little more diverse and and just pick one, right? Like get one and then, you know, those women hang around with other equally minded women, right? As wealthy women. Yeah. Right. It's like Beverly Hills, Kyle, then her sisters. And then like they, you know, it's like, there is a group, right. That you could, so you get to find that group in New York. You find that woman who is over the top, fabulous and, you know, wealthy and willing to be on the show. It's, it's hard in New York because in Mm -hmm. New York money is King, right? So if you have real money in New York, you're not gonna be on this show. And in, in L.A. and in Beverly Hills, I think fame is king. I don't mean to sound derogatory about that. It's just like you can have a lot of money and those women have legit a lot of money. But there's something about L.A. It's still like fame is a little above money. In New York, it's like if you have money, you're that's all you know, that's what that's what matters in New York. And people in New York aren't like, oh, do I really I want to be on a TV show now, too. It's like not women with 50 million dollars in the bank. I have said this 10 billion times on this podcast. I completely agree. Like women, it's all about money in New York, way over fame. And people with real like fuck you money are like, I am not going to be on this damn show. Are you kidding me? But in Beverly Hills, they go on the show. I think those women, some of them, a majority of them have real, real money. Right. And they're, they're on the show and, and a lot of them are actresses and stuff. So it kind of works for them. It's just a different dynamic than, than New York. There's another thing on the internet that says I'm worth 50 million. There's some website that says. I forgot about that one. Yes, oh. it does. It says right. you're worth $50 million. I'm hustling. I'm hustling. I started a company with a friend of mine and it's like, I feel like every time I, 
I talk about it and stuff. It's like, or, or do an ad, you know, a collab on Instagram and monetize it. They're like, Oh, why are you doing this? You know, you have, you have so much money. This is embarrassing. It's like, I'm a single girl with bills. I've said that since the beginning on the show, off the show. And I realized there's that website that's, you know, I used to joke about it. I used to say, yeah, it's 50 million pesos. Like I'm not like if I had 50 million dollars, would I be on this show? No, like think about it. I would be on the show at 50 million. And what journalist, author, writer has 50 million dollars? Like that's a, that's like not, you know, if you're Katie Couric. And yours hasn't changed. It still says 50 million. Oh, it million. does. It still I says it. Taken down. Like <laughs> Andy's has gone up over the years. Like that yours says 50 million still. I can guarantee you I mean, that. it's almost like I'm one of the wealthiest housewives that ever been. It's like. <laughs> well, I was going to say, if, if you type in wealthiest housewives or who's the wealthiest housewife, yeah. there's a few names that come up. You are absolutely in I that top list. How, I don't know how that started. I think I, I kind of feel like, did Bravo put that out there just as like when I was being cast, like just to. I just always assumed it was because of like the Kennedy connection. That's honestly where my mind went. I mean, come on. First of all, I'm a Radziwill. Second of all, the, 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 the rumors of Radziwill wealth have been greatly exaggerated to quote Mark uh, Twain. Well, I think the two combined, I think that's where it all gets like, and people are like, they didn't have, they, we, we never, we never lived like that. And uh, you know, I, I work, you know, I'm working journalist, a working writer. It's like, you don't make, you don't make that money. Now you can't even get paid to write. I did a story for a magazine and it was like, it was like digital. So they don't pay. I'm like, wait, what? It was like 2,500 words. Someone contacted me at some point and wanted me to do like a weekly housewives recap thing, not for this podcast. Right. And I was like, whatever it was, the pay was like, I, it was insane. Like as far as how low it was, I was like, what? Like, no, I don't, I don't why am I going to do this? I mean, it, it wasn't like people or some magazine, everyone knows it was some other thing. And I'm like, how much am I going to get paid? Like a dollar? Like, no, no, thanks. Yeah. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. But yes, it still says $50 million. That's so funny. Well, there you go. What company, what is your company? Would you like to talk about that for a few oh, minutes well, before we leave? Kind of, yeah. During the, during the pandemic, my, my friend of mine, she, she's an ex trader business, a real entrepreneur, an ex trader at JP Morgan. She retired and, and, uh, and we were talking about, um, you know, cause I am sex positive and I've been that way on the show. And that's kind of like part of my brand. Um, we were talking about sex, sex and, uh, you know, for women coming into their forties and what they know about their body and what they don't. And I feel like there's so much misinformation about hormones and hormone replacement and, and what to take, what not to take, what, you know, and, and so we decided it actually started with, um, we, we decided we were going to try to formulate a breakup pill um, and in some way kind of uh, get oxytocin is the hormone that's released when you fall in love, you get a lot an overabundance of oxytocin. So if there was some way to block the oxytocin from your system, after you break up with the guy, that would be like, that would be like the Viagra of everything, right? You ever, yeah, I'm struggling with breakup pain. And if I could take a pill and for all to go away, we would do anyway, turns out the body is very complicated and you can't uh, make a pill that blocks your oxytocin. So anyway, it kind of evolved into some, it evolved as things naturally do. 
Um, and we founded a company called Sex and Good. And it's, it, we have five different sorts of supplements. We have an OM, one uh, supplement called OMG, which is, which is maca and horny goat weed, which is exactly what it sounds. It really jacks up your libido. And I think for women that are heading into their mid forties and, and your estrogen levels start to drop, um, a lot of women think, okay, well, that's, there's nothing I can do about it. You know, that, that's the signs of aging and this, and, and this, just, I'm just going to have to, you know, soldier through, you know, mood swings and hot flashes and irritability and a low sex drive, but you actually don't because they're, you know, you know, what's another uh, sign of aging is baldness and um, the inability to keep and maintain erections, right? That's a sign of aging, but men aren't going to sit down and be like, oh, can't get an erection. That's just a sign of aging. I'm just going to have to soldiers. No, there's a pill to take. So in that way, we started focusing on the things that happen with women and women's bodies when they're sort of post baby making years, right? I feel like as women, we know everything about our bodies when it comes to pregnancy, but nothing when it comes to post baby making years. So we're really focused on that. And um, a piece of it that I'm really sort of interested in because I am like what they, I would call a reluctant capitalist. You never saw me promoting products and stuff on the show and stuff. Cause there's something about it that doesn't, yeah, I don't know. It's just like not my natural core competency, but um, in looking at how women, young women are approaching sex. Right. And they're all like sex positive. Great. They're all like hashtag sex positive hashtag. I love my body hashtag female empowerment, which it seems to mean like that they can have sex like men and that's great. But, you know, having sex like a man means you have to have the responsibility of it too. So we, we came out with um, a condom that's marketed just towards young girls. And in a way that, in a way that you wouldn't be embarrassed to be carrying it around in your purse. I want to try to normalize the conversation around buying condoms, carrying condoms, taking out a condom when you're having sex with your boyfriend and saying you have to wear this because right now the conversation is not that. And it's always like the man has the condom and you never know how, you know, where that condom's been, how long it's been in his wallet. Um, so we really want to try to normalize the conversation and get young girls to be like, it's okay. Yes, you can have sex like a man, whatever that means to you, but it also comes with responsibility and you need to have, be responsible. And this is part of it. And um, so we're, where um, it's funny because condoms are only made by like four companies in the whole world make condoms, everything huh. from Trojans to Magnums to Durex and, and they're considered medical devices. So we got our license to manufacture them and sell them. And we're kind of launching them in the next couple of months. And um, we're, we're doing what we hope to be a, a viral hashtag condom ca uh, campaign, condom challenge. And um we were partnering with two uh, not-for-profits in Texas because of the SB8 law. Uh, um, um, and we're, it's a fundraiser for them, one called Jane, uh, uh, Jane's Due Process, which focuses on education for young girls in high school and college, education, um, uh, abortion services, um, contraception, and also uh, another organization called... Um, I'm like, I can't think of what it is. No, no, no. I mean, I just was on the phone with them. Anyway, uh, a fun Texas choice, fund Texas choice. And we're so excited. We're partnering with them and we're going to, um, I don't know if you saw, there was a, a rapper called Little Nas. Little mm -hmm. Nas. Yeah, totally. 
I don't know who he is at all, but I saw a picture of him and, and he was ripping a condom open with his teeth. It was a very powerful image. And I saw that and I said to my partner, I said, this is what we need to be doing, but we need women to be doing this. We need to start a campaign and make it a fundraiser for these two NGOs, these uh, not-for-profits in Texas. Um, and hopefully it'll take off and, and, you know, I'll start it and me and some of my more high profile friends. And there's just a picture of a, of a woman tearing uh, open a condom and then like tag three friends and so on and so on. And, and hopefully it will, it will, it will generate a, a conversation. It'll generate interest. It'll generate, you know, funds for these two charities down in Texas that are really fighting against this SB8 law. I love it. I think that's a good idea. I was going to say, if you could develop a pill to make your oxytocin go away, you would actually be worth $50 million. 100%. Because then you could have like a bad date with someone and take it and you could just be like, fuck you, I'm over you. It turns out that God really made our hormonal systems very complicated. Damn. Well, I'm a gay man, so mine ain't much better, honey. It's like... (laughs) It's not um, much better. Yeah. So anyway, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm excited about that piece of it. And plus, you know, I, I always think it's important to, t- you know, to sort of educate women as well as being sex positive and not, you know, and approaching it in a way that's more educational and less like shock value and all that stuff. So, so, so I'm, you know, it's a new thing for me. I'm not, I don't consider myself an entrepreneur. I don't have necessarily that, um, those skill sets, but my partner does, and she's been fantastic. And we're, you know, we're just, we're seeing, you know, we're, we're going to see what happens. I love it. Listen, there's nothing wrong with being, you don't have to be a shy capitalist. It's okay to admit. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, it's just, it's just, um, I, I like, uh, I'll get you good at it. I'm like good at self-promotion <laughs> that, that gene I have. Oh, okay. I'm not, I'm not so great at that, except where it comes to um, talking about subjects that I, I really believe that women need to, to hear, you know, and we need to be talking about in a real way, you know, and, and not, you know, a, a, re- a real way that that sheds some light on the everything that's going on in our bodies. Like we still don't call you as a gay man, you might be disgusted by this, but you know, we still call our vaginas vaginas, which they're not right. They're vulva, it's your vulva, but we know- women are just saying vagina because we've taken up the mantra of what the patriarch calls it. Like that's a vagina. It's not, it's actually your vagina is inside. It's the inside, outside, whatever it is. I know that probably really grosses you. No, that, that just, listen, I have like five gay friends. I have like 99.9% women friends and like three gay friends and two straight male friends. So I am around it all. It does not gross me out. One other question. Do you get called like you got called for the housewife and the hustler twice? Have you gotten called for like, you know, these we did we're having the ultimate girls trip. Like now we're having the ex-housewives. Dorinda was there, Jill. Have you anything like that ever come? And would you do yeah, they're they just did like an ex. I I heard it was gonna be called ex-housewives club. They took like it was at it was at Bluestone Manor. Bluestone Manor, right? I named that. Um that's a good name. I, I heard that's the name they're going with. That's so funny. Uh, no, I, I was not. I mean, would you? I, I literally until, you know, they, you know, and until this last season where they called me a bitch and made fun of my name, I was like, I felt like 
it was funny because I used to say like, oh, I, I, they're like, I'm literally, I've died. I'm dead. <laughs> um, because I think when I left or when I had to leave, I knew instantly that I would never, you know, I would not go back. I wasn't posturing to try to get back. I wasn't saying, you know, the nicest things, you know, I, I, there were a lot of great things about the experience, but I wasn't shy to say that a lot of it for me felt toxic, especially at the end. And I don't think that they were, I don't think that they were, they're like blowing up my phone to say, we really need that voice back, <laughs> but I don't think I would do it because I, I'm just not, it was just, you know, I'm just not interested in those conversations. And, and I'd have to really start training again to drink. And it took me a long time to, to train to, so I could drink on the show, which I did a little bit, but you know, it didn't come easy. You know, it wasn't natural. So I'm just like, I just, you know, you gotta be, you have to have two or three wines in you to say some of that stuff. And you felt like this, I had a drink to be on the show to get in that mindset of like, yeah, let me I mean, dumb myself down and go for it. Yeah. But we won't say dumb, dumb myself down, but you know, just to, to have those kind of conversations that, you know, are really petty and some of the, you know, uh, listen, I've been there and I participated in petty conversations, but I, I'm just at a different place in, in my life. And, um, and sure, it would be great to promote sex and good. Um, I get that. And they could all make fun, you know, say something about, you know, you know, the, find a way to shame me for that or say something negative about the company. But, you know, that's part of what you sign up for. But I, I'm not, I'm just not in that headspace. Like, I don't want to go back there. I have other interests, you know, that's to align myself with that feel more natural to me. You're on a short list. You're on a short list. Like you really don't want to go back. Yeah. Oh, I guess. Right. I don't. Is it a short list? I guess, you know, maybe some of them, a lot of them would go back just for like a week or so. Let me put it this way. You, you say you don't want to go back and I believe you. And that makes me put you on a short list personally. I mean, I'm a little bit of a bridge burner, as you know. I mean, it takes me a long time, almost almost six years to cross the bridge. But once I'm across the bridge, I'm like throwing Molotov cocktails. Like I'm burning that bridge down. And it's not, and I don't say that, that that is just not one of my good qualities, but I know that much about me that, that I see that. I see that in personal relationships too. And I try not to be that way, but it, 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 and I am that way because I just, I, I really, it takes me a long time to get there Mm -hmm. and and along the way, you just like get chipped away at chipped away, chipped away. So by the time I'm on the other side of the bridge, I'm like, motherfuckers, you've not seen anything yet. <laughs> I'm what is, what's your Zodiac sign? Leo. Okay. I'm like a Gemini. It's like, I mean, cause I'm the same way. Leos are kind of like that, but in a way it's like the definition of insanity is like doing the same thing and expecting different results. So like when you tell Heather, why are you going back? It's like you are correct. There's not going to be a different result. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think it was going to be as bad for her as it ended up being, but um, I definitely thought that that was not knowing Heather and knowing where her heart was. I just thought this is not going to be good for her. Well, you were right. These are my final two questions. I promise. What do you think is the most misunderstood thing about Carol Razzlewell from her time on the housewife? So you have this whole journalistic background before you got there. You have this whole life after, and now you're doing this. Like, what do you think is misunderstood? Um, I, I don't, I don't, 
To be honest, I don't know what people really are. Of course, there's some haters that think that I'm a terrible person. And I was a terrible friend. Um, I know that I'm a good friend. I know that uh, my, my, um, I, I don't, I don't know what was misinterpreted. I'm I, other than that, I'm not worth $50 million. <laughs> um, and I'm hustling just like everyone else hustled. I think, I think there was a lot of misconception about um, who people thought I was on the show. Um, um, I wasn't able to, I didn't have any real agency on the show to really speak my truth and talk about my life in a way that I felt was representative of who I was. Um, you know, in that way, you know, I became a little bit of a caricature like this, like, what, what do they used to call me? Cool Carol. And yes, yeah. I get cool, but I'm not, you know, I, I'm not really that way. In my real friend group, I, I have a lot of opinions and I'm unafraid to um, articulate those opinions. And I'm not so quiet and, and I do tend to let things roll, but not as much as I used to. Um, so I don't know. I'm not, listen, you know, it's probably the audience, I think, thought very highly of me for the whole six, I think for pretty much the most of the time I was on. I don't think that, that they, I had a tremendous amount of haters. Do you? I mean, you would know. No. no, I really don't. I mean, there's a lot of people that are hated for a lot of like really hated you. I don't put you in that category. I think you had it pretty decent. Yeah. And I, I, so I don't know. I don't think there were many misconceptions, but you know, there's just, there's a, there's a, a a toxicity to it that like, you know, there are haters out there and I still get them. People still say, I don't know, for some reason people are like, you know, because I dated someone who was 20 years younger, um, you know, I still get like um, age shame, like, you, you know, grant call being called grandma and ugly and you look like steven tyler i don't know how that came about but do i look like steven tyler okay that has come about that's another thing but no but i think it's more like you know you have like leather pants and like you know it's i think it was meant like okay. listen you were now they're trying to be diverse and let's look at brooklyn and leo with her whatever and the fies like you were the cool and listen i'm like a downtown girl like you were the downtown yeah. and we had alex mccord in brooklyn but you were like that not this girl's not from the Upper East Side and she wears black leather pants. And Right. I guess like, yeah, my first couple of seasons. Yeah. But then Ramona started wearing black leather pants. I remember the first time she got a pair, she was so excited. She showed them to me. Um, I don't know. I'm probably, you know, we're all a little bit, we're all a lot about a lot of what they portrayed on the show, but there's a caricature that comes out like, you know, and I think my mine was like, cool, doesn't care. But, um, voice of reason. I, I am reasonable, but I, I think that's why you saw a lot of, a, more, most of the haters uh, came out in my last season because I wasn't as, I wasn't cool Carol anyway. I was a little tired of, of just like dumbing down a little bit, you know? Right. So, so that's, that would be a misconception that I'm so cool. Cool all the time. Yeah. Well, you wrote the widow's guide to sex and dating. You're doing this new amazing campaign with these condoms. Adam is coming by and standing outside your window during quarantine (laughs) and waving hello. Not that those have anything to do with each other, but it leads to my question of like, what is going on, Carol? Are you single now? Are you seeing anyone? Tell me everything. Um, I I'm, I'm single. I'm not married. I'm dating, but I, you know, I'm going to say this because it's sort of like 
one of the great things about being not being on a reality show is your private life can once again be private. And I don't mind sitting talking to you and analyzing Housewives, you know, 10 ways from Sunday um, and giving my perspective. But like, I feel like, I feel like it's really nice to just have a private life and not have to um, see your, your love life across, you know, page six and TMZ and, and, um, so I'm not going to say, but, but I'm definitely single and not, um, you know, not getting married anytime soon. I don't Listen, know married, but well, when you and I go out for drinks, we can keep yeah. it downtown and then you can tell me and everything that happens off the air stays off the air. That oh, that's, is true. That's what they used to say at Housewives. No, no, no. This is like, really like I, there's a hard line <laughs> between cause otherwise, yes, for real. Well, thank you for that. Um, is there anything else? Listen, you remember when we first sat down and you said, oh my God, is this going to be more than half an hour? And I said, just give me an hour. I'm so sorry to have kept you for so no, no, long. No, no, that's okay. That's okay. I, 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 it's my fault too, because I am very long-winded. Another aspect no one saw on the show. I can talk out a subject like nobody's business. Well, I can also read the room. Like I get a sense of like, if someone means like, okay, it's a hard hour, like, trust me, we're out. But I was like, I think she's okay with talking for a little more. No, 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 I'm, a, I'm okay. But hopefully you had a good time. Hopefully you don't hate me for keeping you for so long. I, and then can we play a game? Like what the headline, what the out of context, like Carol Shades headline is going to be or Carol slams. Well, when I had Heather on and she was talking at the end, I said to myself, there's no question. The headline is 100% going to be Heather Thompson says fire everyone and start over. And sure enough, the headline (laughs) was fire. I mean, it literally was just like, that was sometimes it's clear oh, well, good, because they won't use that headline with me, even though that was, I said fire everyone and the production company. So because they've already used that headline. It's like, what, oh. what will your headline be? That is, listen, there's, there's a lot here. Yeah, to I know. I, I feel like, I feel like I've, I, as always, I've said a lot and uh, you know, it's, it's all uh, in, in the context of just, you know, I my- asked you, and it's my perspective, having been on the show for six years and now three years out. Well, I, a lot of people will say like, cause you know, I get my own series of hate, but not a lot. But like when I had people on, they're like, shut up. Why is this person still talking about this? I'm like, because I invited them on and that's I know, what that, I talked that's about. That's absolutely right. That's what it will. That's I'm what, like, you're not waking up to talk about talking this. In about fact, you, you, no. you avoided me for like two years. So like, <laughs> let the record show from my law days that Miss Raswell did not necessarily run into behind the velvet rope here. No, no. But, um, but yes, that will be the headline. Like, why is she so... But let me just say, like, it, 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 I treat it like a job, right? I'm still talking about, I mean, my time at ABC News is 15, 14 years. So, of course, I still talk about my experiences at ABC News. Of course, I spent six years at a show, which is, again, longer than most scripted shows last. And that becomes a big part of your life story. So, of course, I'm going to reflect back on my experience and my time. I'm going to be doing that until I write my my second memoir when I'm 70 and I'm going to reflect right back on my six years in reality television. Hopefully by then I'll have even a greater perspective, but this is what you do. And it's like, because we're women, I think it's like, we're not, we're supposed, you know, I've moved on, but part of moving on is putting your life experience, AKA my time on Roni in perspective. 
So that's all it is. And yeah. it is no different than scripted. Like I've had people on from like Saved by the Bell, 90210. Like, sure. yes, we're going to talk about Gabrielle Carteris as the president of SAG and your new book. Sorry, most of it's going to be about 902. It's just like we oh, all do sure. something in life where like that is just the thing people want to talk about the most. That's just how pop culture works. Right. And we're all informed by our experiences. We're informed by the experiences we had in childhood and then by our college and our first jobs. And, our you know, we're informed by those experiences that make us who we are today and the ability to look at that and reflect back and discuss it with people like you who are very knowledgeable in this particular field of reality and specifically real housewives it's it, it's it's um it doesn't indicate that you know i uh want to shade the show or bravo or or uh say mean things about my castmates it's just an it's a uh it's a, it's a way we we all do this all the time it's just that it's a little more public when you're talking about real housewives and it's not something you wake up and talk about every day. It's well, like you're, you're on a podcast where well, that no. is the main thing. I talk to the press. I just don't. I don't. But 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 Heather said she had a really nice time on your podcast. And and she said you were a lawyer. So I was like, uh-oh, okay. And I had a company that I sold way back in the day. So like a staffing agency. I've had like, I've reinvented myself many times. Yes, I am a lawyer. Does it help me do this job? Yes, it does. Of course. But I'm glad. I think Heather was the reason you came on. I think that was the final thing that you're like, if Heather vouches for him. Well, she she did. And but you had been writing to me way before that. And and um, and I, yes, I just kept putting it off, putting it off. And then Heather did say, uh, no, no, no. She vouched for you. And uh, so, yeah, you know, listen, it, it's not it. It's it's. Fine. And it's interesting. It's nice to talk to people who have a perspective also. And you can ask me, you know, questions, specific questions. And I don't have to explain what the show is about. And you get it. I just love hearing from people like, because I kind of know how it all works too, you know, without like, so we just laugh the whole time. And I'm sure on paper, it's not going to seem as funny. But let me just tell you, it was really, we had a good laugh about everything. I don't take myself that seriously. This is why I like doing a podcast because I'm like, it's just on air. I see. I like told you you would have fun. I'm like, it's going to be lighthearted shade. <laughs> and I love how out of every question I asked you, the hardest one was Bethany Luann or Aviva. That, that, was, your, that was your hard question. That, 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 that's the one that you're just like anything but this. I get it. You know why? Because it's hard for me. To, I don't want to say it's, it's just harder. For, it's easier for me to pr- look back and put the company or the show or the franchise in perspective. I just don't want to be because that to me feels like, you know, uh, that you're judging the three women. Right. Like as many. I mean, they've all said really terrible things about me. I just, I'm sure none of them could care less about whether I said their name or not. I'm sure they couldn't care less. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just, I can't get that visual in my head. Like who would I be on vacation with? <laughs> You're like, please, David, please. I mean, there's, there's, there's pros and cons to all of them. Bethany and I went on vacation once together and she was really fun, you know, what, you know, when we first met, like a, a private vacation, like without being, yeah. and it was, and she was really fun. So, you know, Hey, maybe it's Bethany. 
That's a tough question. <laughs> well, you need to keep in touch. You have my number. I really appreciate this. If you ever come back, guess what? We don't have to talk about housewives at all. Okay. We've done we it. Talk, There's we'll, no- we'll talk about the campaign, the, the sex and good campaign, or I'm working for a, a, an NGO based in, in Rome um, that uh, has like over 200 humanitarian projects, programs in like uh, 20 different countries across the world. I like that. Yeah, I'm sort of getting back to really what I used to do at ABC and which I love to do. And, and you know, so we're talking about um, doing a trip to Lebanon because there's a serious uh, refugee problem um, or I shouldn't say problem, but there's there's nearly two million Syrian refugees have now gone into Lebanon and it's it's only a country of six or seven million. So wow. they're, 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 this company, Intersos, it's called, and it's it's um. They're trying to bring awareness to North America. They're based in Europe and, and they, they're very big in Europe and in Italy. So they've kind of like I've aligned with them because I'm aligning with the things that feel natural to me um, to bring awareness to their organization and, and to try to do some good and to, to uh, shed light on some of the programs that they're doing across the world. And we can talk about travel because before COVID, I've been to 55 countries, all seven continents. So I can relate to your... I, I know what dim, dim sum is because I had it in <laughs> Shanghai. Oh my God. Is that going to be a headline? No, <laughs> that, that Carol, that will not be a headline. That was something in perspective. Like I realized that was my regret. Dumbing I get it. Not dumbing myself down, making myself smaller. I, I get it. Yeah. That's a better a lot way of women to put do it. That and don't do that. You know, a lot of women do do that. And, and I would say, if I was going to say anything, Stop doing that. As women, we should stop doing that. Right. Like just be yourself and let your, yeah, where can everyone follow you online that doesn't follow you on Instagram? Oh, I, you know, uh, well, on, online, on, uh, on my Instagram, I'm very, I'm very vocal on that. And my Twitter. And your Twitter, you're vocal on Twitter. And, uh, and the company is, is sexandgood.com, the website. So, so. I love it. Yeah. So you'll, so hopefully this, this, uh, condom campaign will will take off and we'll raise some money for these two great uh, charities down in Texas fighting the good fight on the ground and you know so hopefully we'll we'll, we'll be able we'll come I'll come back and talk about that you can come back any day you want I really appreciate it keep in touch you can talk as much as you want but <laughs> okay thank you keep in touch I will Bye-bye. bye bye Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review. Because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones. And the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. 
And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.